All right, today we are going to be talking about a couple things that are completely tied together. And the first one is about grace and grind. And uh, Shay Bynes, uh, thank you for coming back on the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. I'm looking forward to our second chat here on the podcast. Oh, this is awesome. So if you guys want to go back, we're not going to get into a lot of the backstory and bio because Shay has been on before. All you guys have to do is go to eternalleadership.com forward slash 212. And it was all about stop grinding your way to success. It's about really how to find grace in the grind because uh, Shay, you founded Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. It's a podcast that's been going for seven years. It's amazing. And the other topic we're going to talk about today, because it's totally tied together, is what does that even mean to be a kingdom focus entrepreneur, to have a kingdom business. Because I think, you know, we have Christian businesses, you know, businesses that were founded to be very distinctly Christian. But I know a lot of you listening out there right now, you're in business and you're a Christian. And there's a difference sometimes. Sometimes I'm just trying to show up at my financial services company as a construction worker, a plumber on a job. I'm a manager at a tech company and I'm a believer, but that is not the culture but we've been also called to have an influence on that culture. So we're going to talk about, I think from a couple of perspectives with all the stuff that we're going through right now. And you know what, we're going to have adversity in the future. How do we bring the kingdom into what we do, right? If you're not the business owner, you're not the leader, you're going, okay, what influence can I have? Well, guess what you can. And if you are, or you work your way up to that place where you do, Um, are able to shape things more fully. What does that even look like? But let's start with this, because you wrote a great book, and it's what we talked about last time, and it's called Grace Over Grind. And could you tell us a little bit about where that even came from, Shay? Sure. So when I learned entrepreneurship, it was in the culture of get your hustle on, I'm on team no sleep, get your grind on, you know, that was kind of the culture, it was the badge of honor. And so that's how I learned a business. And I just had these encounters with the Lord that shifted everything for me. And the one major one that is where grace over grind stemmed from was I was sitting in church and our pastor was doing a sermon. And he was talking about Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. In most translations that you're familiar with, it's when Jesus is saying, you know, come to me, all of those who are weary, you'll find rest for your souls. And he talks about how his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But this particular day, our pastor read it in the message and I'd never heard it before. And it says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? which I heard business, come to me, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. And John, everything about every word of that, my whole soul cried yes. <laughs> and so I wanted to know what does that look like? What does that mean? What does an unforced rhythm of your grace look like in business? What does it look like to keep company with you and walk with you and work with you and watch how you do it? And that was the beginning of an adventure for me that I have never turned away from and have just continued to go deeper in You know what more grace and more favor looks like in the realm of business. But that was the beginning part. So what did unforced rhythm of your grace 
mean to you? So what that looks like was there's like this, when you think about just like a rhythm, there's just this flow of working with God. When you're doing grind, you're operating primarily in your own strength. You're trying to do all the things. You're leaning in on your own experiences, your Mm. own wisdom, your own everything, and just trying to make all things happen. But when you're in a flow with God, then you're able to operate at his pace. You're able to have discernment through him. You can get wisdom and strategy with him. You can walk things out strategically, operationally, from a vision perspective, all aspects and areas of business with him and with his insight, with his lens. And that's a completely different orientation from how, at least how I came up in any kind of work, because I was very achievement oriented, very performance driven. And so it was all about like, what are all the things that I could put together to make these things happen? Go. And at my speed, right? (laughs) But something about finding that flow with God, which just meant slowing down for me. Some people, it means they needed to speed up because they were too slow in doing nothing before. But for Mm -hmm. me, finding the grace and the unforced rhythms of grace for me meant pausing, meant slowing down, meant actually asking God for his heart concerning this business, concerning the people I'm to serve, concerning all things and getting his heart so that I can be aligned with his heart. Before it was just whatever ideas I had and whatever I thought was a good idea, I'm just gonna run and go after it all the time. And so changing that, that was like the initial posture change, which was actually seeking him to see What's on your heart concerning all of this? And that was a big change for me. So I can completely relate to that. As a matter of fact, even, you know, this weekend, I have so much going on. I think probably a lot of people can relate to this, right? Things with work, we have projects, we're doing a book launch. And all of a sudden, it just feels like slowing down. Like I don't have the time to slow down. And I just want to share with people, like my wife said, hey, what, what's wrong? This was on Saturday night. We were out a little date night. She goes, you are so melancholy. And I got to tell you, you know what? What I realized was happening was I've been so busy being busy trying to do all this stuff. Hey, I'm on the podcast and I teach this stuff and I talk about it. And I got so caught up in everything that's in our task list and all the things we're trying to do. I completely got overwhelmed. I was feeling down. I'm like, I haven't done enough. Where are we going? Are we going to be able to, you know, make enough money to pay our bills? Cause we had the slowdown. I have to go work harder. And then right. I realized when I woke up on Sunday morning, I had stepped away from my partnership with God. Yes. And I had a like, you know, and I just brought it all to him in prayer. And I said, Hey, let's restore the, gra- the, well, the grace is already there, but can I have your help? Dad, you know, I got to restore the peace here a little bit. I'm going to receive your help now. Thanks. Yeah, I'm going to allow you to. No, he was already there. He's like, you know, it's like me when I go to my son, you know, or my son does something kind of goofy around the house and he comes and goes, hey, dad, I'm sorry. And I just give him a big hug and a smile. Kind of felt like one of those moments. Yes. But, But let me ask you, though, there's so many people out there right now that are just, you know, trying to make ends meet. They're trying to help their company survive. They're making decisions right now that, that, you know, whether I keep employees or not, I mean, this is real life. Yes. Right now. How do I stay in that place of grace and not let the grind, there's always an element of, I think the grind or the hard work, but how do I not let the one precede the other? Does that make sense? Yeah. 
It does make sense. So for me, and see, you recognized it for yourself because you recognize something's different, something shifted, right? Mm -hmm. I pay a lot of attention to what's going on with me. And I know what it's like to begin to feel like I've taken on a burden that doesn't belong to me. And as soon as I experience those shifts, that's the first thing that I'm saying is, okay, Jesus, you already said that this is not a burden for me to carry. I need your wisdom. I just need to be able to rest in you in this thing. And I, I give the outcome to him instead of taking on the outcome for myself and taking on the burden of it. I know my job is to seek God. My job is to be faithful. My job is to be diligent, but he's the God of the outcome. And so every time I feel like that stress and people know what that's like, you know what it's like to take on stress burden. Everyone has their own triggers. Some for some people it's financial anxiety. Some people it's the feeling like they never have enough time. Some people that, you know, take have shame and condemnation because they think, oh, if I make this wrong decision, then I'm a bad person. Like there's different stuff for different people, but whatever it is, none of that is God's best for us. And none of that belongs to us. Right. And so when you recognize something's off, the first one to go to is Jesus. The first one to go to is Jesus. And so I'm consistently saying, Lord, what lie? Because if that, something keeps coming up as a cycle for me, John, I'll say, what lie am I believing? I'm asking the mm. Lord, what lie am I believing? Because this shouldn't be happening like this. This is like a cycle. What lie am I believing? And I ask him to reveal to me. I ask him, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the lies that I'm believing. And he'll tell me. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, what's the truth? So I can find out what the truth is so I can walk in the truth. And I have found that, and I've created a lifestyle out of doing that. And because I've done that, I recognize things way faster and can get ahead of them faster because I started to recognize my own trends, my own things. And I allow God to work those things out. This was not an overnight thing. It's a lifestyle shift and it has taken time and growing and cultivating relationship with him and even understanding of my own stuff to, for me to be able to walk in even greater levels of his grace and his rest, as opposed to pulling on this responsibility of, you know, I have to do all these things in my own strength. And I'm out here doing this for the glory of God, but forgetting that I need to be doing this with the presence of God. Oh, hundred percent. You know, as you're speaking, what, what I hear in your voice is there's just a tremendous amount of trust. And it's a choice yes. we have to make as, as humans. And I, I'll never forget that. We were sitting around the fire pit with a whole bunch of, we invited just a whole bunch of men over. And one of the guys was really kind of asking, you know, Hey, how do I, pray, how do I hear God? How do I trust God? And my son, who's uh, 21 at the time, gave one of the best answers ever. And he said, who do you know in your life that you trust completely? Like if you went and asked them and they said, hey, you know, buddy, go do that. Well, you know, this person. And John asked him, hey, how much time do you spend with them? How often do you talk with them? Right. And John said, do you ever do that with the Lord? How often are you in scripture? How often are you in prayer? Because you know what? If you didn't talk to somebody for a year and all of a sudden you go to them and say, hey, Shay, you know, I'm kind of in a bind here. Could you hook me up? Can you help me out? You'd be kind of like, well, <laughs> you know, but if you know what, if I was calling you and talking to you and I knew you and I said, hey, listen, Shay, I really need your advice, man, you would clear the deck. But it's because we have a relationship. We have a relationship. And I got to tell you, being in scripture for me and slowing down, like even this morning, I was writing an email to, which could be a, one of the biggest contracts that we've been working on. 
and I did the whole thing and put my best into it. But then I read, I said, God, just help me, you know, think through this. Is there anything I need to change? And he had me completely, all of a sudden I had like an insight. Yes. And I changed the language of the email. Is it yes. gooder? Well, I'm just trusting, but I yes. got to tell you, so, and so here's something awesome though, but as you have scripture, you have things to go back to because yesterday, remember when I was, cause this was just this weekend fresh in my mind. Like I was like down, like feeling depressed with all this going on and went to scripture and God led me to Psalm. And let me just read this. Cause for me, this okay. was like, it transformed my day. And this is from Psalm 62. It says, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. So good. O people, pour out your hearts for him, for God is our refuge. I mean, think about that. Like if I went to my best friend and said, you know what? I'm feeling this way. Could you just give me some words of comfort? He could not have said anything. I mean, the, look at that, right? God just <laughs> right, you know, hit you like bam, that, <laughs> right? So I'm like, wow, Lord, thank you. I mean, I got to tell you, but it's having that, you know, God first mentality. Yes. Because we're about to talk about the kingdom, but I think, you know what? The kingdom is already enthroned in us. Yes. But we have to be tapping into actually what that looks like and how that comes out in the world. But if we're thinking about us first mentality, what we look like, are we, I making the right decision in this moment, then we're putting the kingdom and we're putting that relationship with God in the backseat. That's it. That's it. We don't experience his best. And why do we, we don't really honestly in the beginning, there might even be some kind of pride associated with that where you're like, oh, because, you know, you've earned something or whatever. But honestly, when you partner with God, it's such an uneven partnership. It's so insane how unequal the partnership is. You never, ever want to go back when you actually partner with the presence of an awesome and absolutely limitless God. You don't go backwards. You don't want to go backwards. You know, it's like, you just want more of that. What does that look like? Just those examples, the example that you gave was such a practical example. That's what it's like to walk with him. Simple, practical things. It's not like this, oh, this big, deep thing all the time. It's in the simple, practical, everyday, doing what you do in business, that God has insight. God has strategy. God has fine tuning. God has answers, right? If we just allow ourselves to yield ourselves to what, you know, have an ear to hear what he has to say. I was thinking about, as you were telling your story, I know there's a lot of people who have issues specifically in the financial area, like financial Mm -hmm. anxiety stuff. Yeah. One of my friends owns a bakery and uh, up in, in Missouri. And she was telling me just recently, she was actually on our podcast and she was talking about how, you know, she had been going around and around, around and around all of this financial stuff. And it was such a burden to her. And she remember when the Lord said to her, are you ready for, to let me do this? Like, are you ready to let me do this? And she's like, I guess so, you know, because I got nothing else here. You know, this is not, this is not working. And when she made that decision to say, I trust you, I don't have anything else here. Like what I'm doing isn't working well. What do you have? It was in that moment of surrender that she saw quickly, by the way, 
in like days time and then in weeks time that she saw a turnaround in every area financially that she was holding on to burdens because she wasn't allowing him to be the character of who he is, which is provider. And he said Mm -hmm. to her, you've been experiencing miracle after miracle, but that's not even how I called you to live. Like that's been my grace. And while you're just doing all the things, will you let me do this and show her what it's like for him to be provider? And it's been absolutely amazing to watch that transformation. And these are the types of stories I've been through that myself. Many people I've mentored have been through that. It's just a surrender and a trust and knowing like he will reveal himself to you as provider. What he said to me is resourcer and funder of your dreams, provider and the fullness of that word. And so whatever our little idiosyncrasies are, the things that are kind of hangups for us, if we can lean into God, show me who you are in this area, he will show you. Okay. I'm guessing as people are listening right now, there is a group that's listening going, okay, that sounds all well and good. Uh-huh. I, have, I have no idea how to let go at that level. Cause I feel like if I let go, I'm going to fall off the cliff. What, you know, what would you share with some of those folks that are out there that want to have that intimate trusting relationship, but don't know how to maybe take that next step? I think, well, two things I want to share. One is that I think a lot of times people think that a leap is required when a step is all that's Mm, required. Beautiful. And so if we kind of get out of this mindset that, oh, I'm trying to get all the way over here, you know, I'm trying to make this leap. No, just like increase your step, increase your faith from where you are now to another step, another increase in faith, something that you have not done before, even if it's a small thing. That's what it was like. You know, I've had many times where it's been leaps and I have many times where it's been steps. I'm a redeemed control freak. So, I mean, I've had to go through the process, you know, and it's like if we take our minds off this, you know, take the expectation off that we have to go from zero to 10 overnight and allow ourselves to walk this thing out step by step. God meets us exactly where we are every step of the way. The other thing I want to share is I had this dream. This was something that helped me personally. This God gave me this particular dream. And in this dream, it was at night. I was at the top of a skyscraper and there was like a light at the top of the skyscraper, a really dim light. So you could just see a little bit, but there was like a platform of wood that was on the edge of the building. It looked like it was a diving board, but it was like a wood piece. So I'm going over to that because I'm feeling like I'm supposed to get on it. But when I get close, I realize that that thing is not attached to the building. So if I get on that thing, I'm just going to fall to my death. Okay. But I felt like I was really supposed to get on it. So I'm just kind of sitting, pondering it, putting my toe on it, just kind of seeing what's going on. And I felt this gentle nudge and this gentle nudge, I'm on this board and I'm, what happens? Of course, I'm falling down to what I think is my death. And I hear a voice say, check your pocket. So I put my hand in my pocket and it was a button and I hear, push it. And so I pushed it and then a parachute came out. And then he said, you see, I got you. And I woke up from this dream. And I always go back to this dream because it's one of many ways that God has shown me that if you just trust me, that was me nudging you, just trust me, take a little step, just trust me. Whatever happens on the other end of that thing, I am still with you, I have not left you. I am Emmanuel, God with you at all times. And so I think if we can just embrace the truth of the character and nature of who he is, and then be willing to lay aside the need to go from zero to 10 
all the time and just be willing to go zero to one, one to two and walk this thing out, knowing that these are lifestyle shifts, you know, then we can go from one level of glory to the next in God. And we can trust him at even greater measure. And sometimes he'll invite us to a major trust walk, but we would have already exercised it in smaller ways where it doesn't feel like a zero to 10, even though it actually is, it doesn't feel that way because we've exercised our faith muscles. Oh, that's beautiful. So if you're out there listening, I'm thinking of this one to 10 scale, like almost saying, okay, what's my level of trust or the level that I feel like I experience God's grace in the day-to-day in the decisions and figure out what that is for you. Maybe it's a one, maybe it's a five, and then just say, okay, what would a plus one look like? Right. That's it. And guess it. And here's the great thing is if I don't know, Hey, if I'm at a four, I don't really even know what a five would look like. You know, what I have found is if I actually sit down with a piece of paper and start saying, I'm going to challenge my thinking instead of just saying, Oh, that's too hard. You say, you know what, this was what I think it would look like. You could share that with friends. You can bring that up in prayer. And then all of a sudden just say, hey, each day, what is a small step toward that? And one of the things, this is a, a friend shared with me a long time ago. It's been kind of a motto. And excellence is the standard, but grace is the word. Yes. So I am going to start trying to develop habits and changes that move me toward that plus one. And I know that I'm going to mess up. I know I'm going to have weekends like I had this weekend. Yes. And I am going to not only accept God's grace, but give myself some forgiveness. Like, guess what? I'm a dude and I'm going to mess up. So I love that. Now, let me ask you a question. Kingdom driven entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, people out there that are, you know, a lot of this, you know, what we're talking about is really from a kingdom perspective. Now here, I just finished, uh, Joseph Materis has become a friend of mine. He wrote a book called The Divided Gospel. And what has happened is a lot of us who've been brought up in church have heard the gospel of salvation, but we have not heard a lot about the gospel of the kingdom. And if you look in the Lord's Prayer, they're completely and totally intertwined. But unfortunately, a lot of it has been separated. Yes. So if you wouldn't mind, maybe share a little bit about what that gospel of the kingdom is. Yeah. So it's funny that, and that was actually my experience too, you know, growing up, I didn't have really any insight into the kingdom of God until I was called to do something called kingdom driven entrepreneur. And I had to be like, okay, Lord, so what does that look like? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? (laughs) So what does that mean again? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. It's a great title. Sounds good, right? (laughs) But it's like, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, it is like the government of God. It's the realm of heaven. It's God's way of being and it's God's way of doing. That's what it looks like. So it's like we have this mold, kind of this interesting citizenship where we are a citizen of the country in which we reside, but we're also citizens of the kingdom of God, which is at hand. That's what Jesus said. It is here. It's eternal, but it is here and it is now, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of dynamics that are completely different in the realm of, we'll call it the earth realm, the state that you live in, the country that you live in, just walking around and on the earth. But there's these realities in the kingdom of heaven that are in an invisible realm, but are just as real, in fact, even more real in our lives. And if we don't walk those things out, the ways of God, the way God is, who he is, how he operates, all of those things, then we miss out on the goodness, really the advantage, the advantage, not just for us, but the advantage for the world, then we miss out. 
And it's very countercultural. And that's what makes it so interesting. So the ways of Jesus, when you look at the scriptures, you can camp out in Matthew, right? Camp out in the gospels and read all, just read all the red, <laughs> read all the red. What did Jesus say? The kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is this, the kingdom of God is like this. And in all of these ways, in so many ways, what he's describing is counter the typical culture in which we reside. His ways, that's why his ways are way higher than our ways. And so when we're saying that we are going to be kingdom focused, kingdom minded, that it means that we actually have to have heaven's perspective concerning what's going on around us. It's a different perspective. It's a different realm. It's a spiritual realm, right? But it's his government. The other thing I wanna share on this too is that it's actually not even complicated. It's actually pretty simple. That's mm -hmm. why he said, it's like, you can come into the kingdom like a child, like with the faith of a child, we can actually embrace this kingdom, this kingdom of God, this other realm of being, this other realm of thinking, this other realm of operating. And now when I bring that into being an entrepreneur, yes, into a leader, into a manager, now what does that look like practically to you? Yeah. So practically, so I'm going to break down the words kingdom, the phrase kingdom driven entrepreneur real quick. And then I think I can answer it in the midst of that. So if we're saying that you're a kingdom driven entrepreneur, then we're saying that your entrepreneurs, your entrepreneurial endeavors, you know, that they are motivated, driven, motivated by seeing an advancement of the kingdom of God on earth and propelled forward by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing that all things will be added. So it's a really a matter of your orientation. What are you seeking first? Who are you seeking first? Are you seeking first the prophets or are you seeking first the kingdom? Are you seeking first your competition or are you seeking first the kingdom? Are you seeking first everyone's opinions around you or are you seeking first the kingdom? Are you seeking first all the experts' advice concerning your business or are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Right. So if you're saying you're a kingdom driven entrepreneur, that's your orientation. I'm going to be led and empowered by the Holy Spirit and what I'm doing. And my mindset is one that's not just based off of the ways of the world in business or the experts of the world in business, but I'm actually leaning into the wisdom, the strategy, the goodness, the power and the presence of an almighty God in this business. Now, I think the way that looks practically for people comes in lots of different ways. I just think that we shouldn't limit ourselves to what it looks like. So for some people, they'll say, oh, well, what this means for me is that while I do my business, the profits from my business, I want to go and use these profits to do some really awesome projects that advance the kingdom. That's great, but that's also limited because if you're doing business the way of the world, not being led and empowered by the Holy Spirit and business on a day-to-day, -day, but then just saying, hey, I'll just take my profits and and help a kingdom cause, you're still missing out on the goodness of the partnership with God. You're missing out on the partnership with God. Well, yeah, and you're creating these dependent events because that once again makes it all about me. You know what? I yes. want to build my business. I want to get to this revenue. I want to close this many deals. Then, then I'll give back to the kingdom. Yes. That is not a full partnership with the father. Not at all. By any means. What if you had like an investor come in and say, listen, I'm going to give you my best advice, my best mentorship. I'm going to give you capital. And you say, awesome. I will take all that and I'll get back to you and do something nice for you when I've hit some of my own goals. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. It sounds crazy, right? Like, yeah, you wouldn't do it. It'd be like, right. But yet that happens. Like, but it's, it's like this mindset shift that happens. There's something around that. The Holy Spirit said to me one day, too many believers in business idolize hard work and they exalt hard work over the presence of God in business. Right. Mm. So sometimes there's just so much pride in the doing and the, you know, the doing, even if you're saying I'm doing it for the glory of God, but we miss out on that partnership with him. So a true to me, a true kingdom business, a kingdom driven entrepreneur who's who has a kingdom centered or kingdom focused business isn't just saying what the fruit of this business is that with from our profits, we do really cool things for the kingdom of God. It is no, we are actually empowered by the wisdom, the strategy, the goodness, the power and the presence of God, the grace of God here and what we do operationally on a day to day, how we serve. We're open to how God may lead us in some ways that might actually be counter how things are done in this industry. We'll seek God for strategy and for insight on things on how we move forward in this business. And there's so many examples. I mean, our podcast spends all these time having conversations with people who get strategy, insight, wisdom from God. People who are, are not serving Christians necessarily, but God gives them insight into something that's helpful that actually invites someone into a, wow, how did you even know that? Well, <laughs> You know, so it's like there's so much goodness that comes out of us seeking first the kingdom of God. All things are added to us. And so it's a diff it's a completely different orientation. But what it allows us to do is not just say that we're doing things for the glory of God, but it actually allows us to reveal the glory of God in our midst, the, that advancement of his way and his way of being, you know, advancing the kingdom of God. Well, I love that. And people, you know, stories are so encouraging. Yeah. I would encourage everybody out there in our audience to go tune into Shay's podcast. If you're not already kingdom driven entrepreneur, but you know, it makes me think, you know, cause I was, so, you know, being an engineer, being in technology, being in finance until my accident. Yeah. And I always felt like I was compensating. My motto was, you know what? I might not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but I'll outwork anybody. And that's how I operated. Everybody knew me for my work ethic. Now, after my accident coming out of, you know, a couple of years in the hospital and a severe brain injury, I could literally work 10 to 12 hours a week. I had no money. I hadn't had an income for years. My network was dormant. And what God showed me in that, Shay, was that in partnership with the Father, I could accomplish more on that 12 hours a week than I ever did as an entrepreneur on my own literally grinding it out 80 yes. to 90 hours a week. I mean, I, there was times on Sunday night, I literally felt physically ill and I could not think of Friday. It wasn't like I was going to try to get through Friday. No, my goal was to get through Monday and then on Monday night, steal myself for Tuesday because I'd gotten myself in such a grind and it, yeah. was, it was all on my shoulders and going through that for myself and actually putting every little decision up in prayer who to call, where to spend my time. Just, you know what? My prayer became waking up in the morning is God, just show me that one thing that I need to work on today. What's maybe it's one phone call. There's other stuff I need to do, but maybe there's one thing I need to focus on or one thing I need to learn. And all of a sudden, all these things started to come together and God started opening doors and we had things happen that are just not explainable, has nothing yes. to do with my business acumen. 
Yes. <laughs> I have that same testimony without the brain injury, you know, so, <laughs> but I had that same testimony. Now I wasn't an overworker in terms of number of hours, but I did operate under a mindset of like, if it's going to be, it's up to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, so I had that kind of mentality around things. And one of the things was that even after I'd made this shift, and doing business, I'd say I was surrendering my to-do list, Lord, you know, what, you know, here's what I'm thinking the priorities are for this week, but you know, what's on your heart for this like, what week, you know, where do you think I should be doing this week? I had gone through that process and I'd been working that out and doing that for probably years, but this is what God showed me. So I'd been doing that well, and we'd been kind of moving. This was in Kingdom Driven LLC, you know, things had been moving, you know, slow, but steady. And then I turned 40. And I also was pregnant with my third child. And so after I gave birth to her, shortly after my 40th birthday, the Lord had told me before I gave birth that he wanted me to have a reduced work schedule because I was going to have intense, I was going to be an intense mothering season. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I had for several months, I had maybe even over a year, I really was only working like 10 to 15 hours a week. Now I was never an 80, 90 an hour a week person, but I was working way more than 10 to 15 hours a week. And in the season that I was working that 10 to 15 hours a week happened to be the same season when we experienced accelerated growth of which I cannot explain other than the favor of God. While I had the least to offer, there was so much more that he did. And that was, and after I had the baby, which when I was, Shortly after that, I had released the Grace Over Grind book. And after I released the book Grace Over Grind, it was like everything with Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur accelerated, like everything, everything accelerated in dramatic fashion of which I cannot explain. I've been on interviews where they want me to tell them all the marketing strategies and how did you do these strategies? You know, what strategy did you employ? What this? And I'm like, uh, faith, obedience. Prayer prayer, like none of the things they want to hear, but, but, but what, yeah, did but you what does that have to do with click funnels and active? Right. Come on now, Shay. Tell, I mean, there'd be people that would little, be a little frustrated. It's like, but you're speaking all over the place. So, you know, were you, you know, no, I actually, I've never asked for, I've never even put in a proposal to be a speaker for anything ever. I've only said yes to invitations. Well, and people would be frustrated. Just like, like, they're trying to get underneath but what's your strategy? How in the world did you get have, end up having, you know, 10 times the number of leads coming into the community every single month for free instead of paying hundreds of dollars on Facebook? God just gave us favor and put this version Bible reading plan in the top spot in the work category. I couldn't put it there. There was no SEO strategy. I couldn't hack the system. There was nothing literally that I could do other than write the Bible reading plan and submit it, right? I mean, all of the things that are impressive to people, honestly, anything that has happened over the past handful of years in Kingdom Driven LLC or with me personally, that's of any impressive nature to the world around me, when they ask me about it, I have a ridiculous God story to tell every single time. But here's what I'm hearing in that though. If you go back, something that you did do was you were consistently daily seeking God's face, partnering yes. with God. Say, hey, what do I need to do today? He's like, well, you know what? I'm going to have you start writing a Bible plan. Well, okay. Well, I got all these kids and that seems like a lot of work, <laughs> but you made a choice to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Yeah. It was always stewarding it. I don't know why I'm writing a Bible plan. It's a beautiful Bible plan. And it was, a, how do people find it, by the way? 
So it's on it's on the U version uh, yep. Bible app. You can find it there. But if you go to kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com in the menu, there's a link to all of our Bible plans. We have like seven of them in there. So you can link to all of them in the U version. Cause I'm not sure there's a simple way to find it once you're in U version. But it's one of those things. It's been daily walking this thing out. And there was a season of time, you know, there was full seasons of time where it was just like, Lord, you know, what's on your heart for this week? What's on your heart for this limited time? And I remember when a shift happened and the Lord's like, I'd say, what are we doing, Jesus? He's like, what are we doing? Well, what are we doing, Jesus? What are we doing? It was like an echo coming back to me. And he said, you have my heart on this thing. What do you want to do? I'm with you. And it just was, it opened up just this new space of wide open space of exploration because I realized that my dreams, his dreams were aligned. My heart and his heart were aligned concerning the work that I was doing. And so it opened up this whole other kind of creative flow and dreaming with God to walk out. And he has been with me every step of the way. It's never running a fast and furious ahead thinking that I've got the blueprint and I've got all the answers. It's always just walking that out with him with an ear to hear at all times because he can redirect at any time. He can course correct, give me a new strategy, a new insight, a new whatever at any time. I've had entire events when I'm about to speak in front of people and he completely changes my entire plan, my entire script. I've got to the point where I've just stopped barely planning. I wait till the day before. I don't even give slides to people anymore because I'm like, it keeps changing it up. But he knows who's going to be there. He knows what I need to say. It's just been this consistent yielding to his way, his word and what his heart is. But it's just that beautiful partnership. There's nothing like it, John. There's absolutely nothing like it. And everyone who's kind of, sometimes they hear stories and they're like, yeah, that just sounds real good, but I, I don't know. I just say, just start. Just start by surrendering your to-do list. Just start by actually asking him, hey, here's my plans for the week. Here are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Just try asking. Ask a question and then be quiet enough to hear. And then... If you hear something, instead of like over-evaluating, was it God? Was it the enemy? Was it my own thoughts? And going into this, what I call the mind grind, just pretend for a second. Is it counter to the word? No. Okay, well then just pretend that you heard God and take a step as if and watch him meet you. Watch him confirm as you move. Don't be a parked car grinding in your head over and over again. Is it God? Is it God? Is it God? Is it me? Is it God? Is it God? No, take a step and watch how he confirms as you move, but just dare to ask some questions, dare to be quiet enough to listen, and then dare to take a step, not a leap, to take a step as you build that faith muscle and walking it out in partnership with him. Okay, let's just say you're sitting down at a coffee shop right now with somebody right. from our audience. They're like, you know what? I've never prayed that way. I've never just looked at my to-do list, my project list, what I'm thinking about my goals are for this week, this month. Could you pray with me and show me, could you lead everybody out there right now in a prayer like you just described? Sure. Let's Absolutely. do that. That'd be awesome. All right, cool. So I like to start with Thanksgiving. So Father, we just thank you for who you are. You are awesome. There is none like you. So grateful that you care about every single thing that concerns us, including this business. Thank you that you have a plan and a dream for this business. Thank you that you have a dream and a plan concerning me and my family and those I am called to serve. Thank you for the opportunity to work with you 
by your grace in this business. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for leading and guiding me into all truth. Here are my thoughts. Here are my plans. I submit these to you. I just ask you, what is your heart concerning this business? What is it that you'd like to share with me today concerning what I'm to do today? I thank you that I can hear you. I thank you that, you know, I am your child. I hear your voice and that I can be bold enough to move according to what you have to share. And so I just submit myself to you today and thank you that you're continuing to just speak to my heart as I work today. Thank you, Jesus. Right. I mean, it's just like, it's a conversation. (laughs) It's a conversation. And I think that we have to take even our concept of prayer out of a box. Like when Paul said, pray without ceasing, it's not like I'm praying, dear heavenly father, thank you, you know, like all day. It's like a spirit of prayer. It's like an ongoing communication with the Lord. So if we kind of take prayer out of a box and just say, okay, well, there's all types of prayer, but you know, during the day, I'm just operating in a spirit of prayer. So I'm open to hear what God has to say. And I'm sharing with him and I'm asking him questions and I'm just having a dialogue throughout the day, in my heart, sometimes out loud, sometimes just in my heart, and just be quiet and just trust that you hear. Well, yeah, you know, Jesus says, I want you to call me friend. Yes. So think about that. Your friend is right there with you. And prayer is having conversation with the Lord. That's right. And he answers prayer through so many ways, though, just just a nudge in your spirit. I, you know, I was talking, I had a pastor on it really surprised me. He wrote a book about Holy spirit. I said, have you ever heard God talk to you? He said, no, never. He goes, I know people that have, but that's not me. But I said, you wrote a book on operating, you know, in partnership with Holy spirit. He goes, yep. He goes, because I'm in just constant conversation and I can just tell whether I should maybe change this a little bit do this, stop doing this and go somewhere else. And I've just learned to trust that. He answers that, you know, through scripture. He answers that through other people, either through the prophetic or all of a sudden somebody comes up to you and goes, hey, Shay, have you thought about this? I think that, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's, that was not my heart this morning. Okay, thank you, Lord. But I love how you frame that up, right? It's just all day long being in conversation. Yeah, it's just doing life with God. So I keep thinking of this might be kind of a, a goofy analogy, but Okay. So one of my clients who I was coaching had this amazing product and he'd really gotten some traction and he went out to go try out for Shark Tank and he was so fired up and he did not get invited on and he was crushed because he wanted one of those people as a mentor. Now, I have no idea what kind of mentors they'd be, but you look at people that go to Shark Tank and get accepted and how overjoyed they are. Yes. And these are just four humans on this panel. Yes. We have to realize that the God of the universe, who's sovereign over everything, who created us, who knows us, whose mind is beyond anything we can comprehend, has agreed already to partner with us, to invest in us, to give us his capital, buys us. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Like if you can think of any human in the world that you say, I wish they would just come alongside me right now and just show me how to do whatever is on your heart to do, to build, to create. Well, you have to realize that that is God wants to step in and do that with you. I do believe though, we have to shift our prayer though from God. What is your will for me in this business? Cause then that, 
takes it away from being a steward. Yes. And I think the prayer needs to be, God, reveal to me your will, what's happening in the world, what your plans are, and what you would like me to do to partner with you and join you in what you're doing. Yeah. Like when God went to Moses, it yes. wasn't to go to lead a rebellion. It wasn't God's will to leave the desert as a goat herder and come back. No, God's will in that moment was to free a nation. Yeah. And he went and tapped Moses on the shoulder and said, hey, I want you to join me. Yes. And what happened? What was his first reaction? Crisis of faith. I'm the wrong guy. I can't speak. I was kicked out. I've killed somebody. And I think when we really get into this mode, when we're in partnership and God starts to show us his will, what's happening and our role to play in that, those good works that he's already planned ahead of us. If you do feel like a crisis of faith, if you do feel like, wow, this is stretching me beyond my comfort zone, I want you to all know, I'm sure, Shay, you've probably felt this way too. That is normal. That's actually, I think, a human response to God tapping you on the shoulder and say, come on, we're, we're going to go this way. That's and, right. And it is okay. So that does not mean that you're not ready because like you talked about, sometimes there's been these decisions. You have to go, do I go left? Do I go right? Yeah. And sometimes- I had to start kingdom-driven entrepreneur not even knowing what a kingdom-driven entrepreneur was, John. Yo, bada-bing, KD. I never even prayed in front of a group of people and I'm going to lead something called kingdom-driven entrepreneur. I've never even prayed in front of a group of people before. Isn't that awesome? Crazy. So all this stuff we're talking about, and if you're feeling some of these things, like, I don't know how to do this, that feels weird. That sounds like a lot of change. Well, guess what? We've all been through it. And that's right. That's why plugging into our podcast, Shay's podcast, sharing, finding, you know what? I would also encourage people out there listening. If you're not doing it now, find a group of like-minded men or women. I know we have people listening all over the world. I think we're in like right. 162 countries. Find somebody that's in your culture, in your sphere of influence, that can you can also be doing this journey together. If you have a bad day like I had last weekend, like I had people to go talk to. I wasn't just alone stewing in, what do I do with this? No, community is everything. I place great value on community and walking this thing out doing it alone. It's not, I know you're not alone because you have the Lord, but like we are created for relationship with others. And if we are to operate like a body in community and collaboration with one another, I love how you made that comment about asking for God's heart in terms of like, what is he doing? And how does this kind of fit into that picture? One of the things that when we were talking about kingdom business and even eternal leadership, I like to talk about kingdom business as having an eternal ROI that we're not just focused in on just like our ROI with the finances, our typical, you know, the typical ROI, but also what's the eternal ROI here. And a lot of times when we start to seek God's heart concerning like what he's doing, then you begin to see where, okay, I might be a retail store that's selling shoes but I'm not just a retail store that's selling shoes when I have God's heart concerning what he's doing and where this business fits into that. It may be a significant thing for your community, what you're doing in your local city as a result of your business that sells shoes, right? It might be something that you're doing even with your employees that it becomes such a huge impact, right? It's what's God's heart. And it's just when we ask him for his heart and his perspective, it's 
always way higher, way broader, way deeper than whatever we could have come up with in our mind on some, you know, 90 day or five year vision or, you know, whatever for our businesses and what our product and services sell and who they're selling them to, right? It's so much bigger than that. It's actually such a privilege that we have an opportunity to partner with what God's doing on the earth for real. Yeah, something that God just kind of put on my heart as you were talking, right? We, we have no idea in the world. I, I think God answers prayer through other people. I really oh, believe yes. that. And you have no idea somebody who's on their their last leg, you know, they're depressed, anxiety, suicidal, and they might come across as somebody just abrasive, annoying, hurtful, and maybe you actually show them love. You're the one person that treats them with dignity, even though they're not behaving in any way where you feel like that's even warranted. And you're that one person that said, you know what? Maybe today isn't my last Yeah. I think when we're out there as ambassadors of Christ, now think about what that really means. That means that we are a registered agent of a sovereign nation. And we're going out from the kingdom into wherever you're at, America, Canada, Rwanda, Germany, where everybody in base listening is residing. And yes, you're a citizen of that nation, but I love what you said. But also, Shay, is first and foremost, we are citizens of the kingdom. Like Paul was about to get, you know, stoned. He goes, wait, I'm a Roman citizen. Like, oh, we can't stone him. Right. We have something that is so special and so unique as we just live and breathe and operate here on this earth in the present right now. And I also think that kingdom mandate, if we only focus on the good news of salvation, I think that can tend to help us say, you know what, I'm good. I'm just going to work hard, pay my bills, be a good person. But when we understand the kingdom mandate, which is just like Christ did, he came here to serve, right? Orphans, widows? Are we doing good through the work that we're doing? Are we treating other people the way Christ would treat them, right? Do we love others, right, the way Christ loved the church? I mean, these are just little foundational things. We can, at the end of the day, go, you know what? Would anybody be able to convict me of being a follower of Christ (laughs) with my words, my actions, my attitude, my body language, the decisions I made? I made them. Now I know as a business owner, right? I've had to let people go. I've had people competing for deals they wanted from my company. And I knew that if I, whoever I said yes to that company was probably, you know, I'll never forget this. I was really torn because they were both struggling and whoever we did the work with was going to have a huge leg up on just, right. I mean, we are faced with real world stuff every day. How we interact with our kids, our spouses, right? right? Our friends. And at the end of the day, if we can just say, you know what, Lord, show me what I did well and help me build on that and show me what I did today that I can learn from so that I, tomorrow I can just be a little bit better. And if you just focus every day on just that, like Shay said, that next small step, I think we completely overestimate what we can do in a few months or weeks, but we underestimate what we can do like you've done. Well, you started your your company and your podcast, what almost, you said, seven years the, ago. The company started almost eight years ago. Podcast started seven years ago. And when I think about where I was personally and business-wise 
eight years ago versus today, it's amazing what God has done. If I look at it in just these little tiny, you know, markers, I'll see that progression, right? But it's like, it was almost like the first five years of slow and steady, baby, slow and steady, baby, you know, just walk with me, walk me, walk with me. And then it was like, whoa, like what just happened? There's just this season of acceleration, right? In the midst of that, but even in the most challenging, challenging, I had some challenging years in the midst of the last eight years, but even in the most challenging years, his grace was still sufficient. His provision was still present. It may not have looked like what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted it, but he was there every step of the way. There was so much gold and richness that I can pull from the hardest mm. two and a half years that have propelled me into the next thing God had for me and to be able to even be able to relate and serve people that maybe I ordinarily wouldn't have been able to if I couldn't understand some of the things that I went through that I had never gone through before and how I had to lean into God in those particular times. I can go back. I always said I could go back and look for God in the midst of the details. When every time I go back and look for God in the midst of details, I always find him never fails. And then whatever I can pull out of that, I'm like, that's gold. That is gold that's going to help me in the next, whatever the next is. It helps me for my present and it helps me for what's to come. And so now looking back in hindsight at the last eight years, and particularly about a two and a half, three year time that was very difficult in the past eight years, I can see so much richness that I'm so grateful for, even still. And I do know that his grace is sufficient. I really do. Mm. I'm not an overnight, there's oh, no overnight true. story around here. It's slow and steady, faith and diligence. No, faith there and is, patience. no, there is. It faith actually, and patience. No, I, I disagree. It took you eight years to be an overnight <laughs> Right. <success. laughs> there's no overnight going on around here. Faith and patience, the power twins, very powerful. Yeah. So how do people find you, connect you? Tell us everything about how people can learn about you. And sure, you absolutely. So you can connect with me at shaybinds.com and you can also connect at kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com. That's where you can get it connected to the podcast, the community that's entering. Yep, and it's S-H-A-E, S-H-A-E-B-Y-N-E-S, shaybinds.com. So just, hey, as we wrap yes. up, Shay, because you are so awesome. I've just loved being in your orbit. What are just some final thoughts you'd like to leave with everybody who's been listening to this conversation? Yeah, so I don't know the timing that this is going to be released, but right now we're in the midst of this kind of global pandemic. A lot of stuff's kind of going on and there's a lot of uncertainty that people are experiencing or feeling, but I want to remind everybody that one thing is for certain and that is all of his promises are certain. All of these things are. And so I want to encourage everybody to really lean into that. If there's any time to have a, a revelation of the kingdom of God, kingdom living, kingdom thinking, being able to think from a different perspective, heaven's perspective, now is a really good time to do that. So I encourage everybody to just really lean into the goodness of God. And if you want even more insight on even the kingdom, I encourage you to hang out in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking Holy Spirit right now to reveal such truth to you in such amazing ways as you're reading that, that that word comes off the pages, comes to life, and that you get even greater revelation, understanding of who you are as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Oh, beautiful and well said. And thank you for your time and who you and are. So fun. And being thank such you. Uh, an example and an inspiration. Thank you, John. I hope everybody out there just got a lot of encouragement and a lot of hope. And, and you just know what you need to do today. It's just pray for that next small step. You do that 
And trust me, God, lots of small steps are going to lead you to an amazing place. Place.